the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. It's time to take your place on the starting grid and get ready for Racer Radio. Your host, Dave Stahl, about to take you for a white-knuckled lap around the motorsports industry, covering everything from top-notch national drivers and crew chiefs right down to your local kid racers and racetracks. Watch for the apex, because here comes Racer Radio with Dave Stahl. Folks, welcome to Racing Radio, right here on FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. That's our girl, Brittany. She's been with us all day today. Hey, we want to thank Southwest Point of Sale. These guys do a phenomenal job. If you have a business with a cash register, and maybe you're having a little problem hiring cashiers, well, guess what? They've got a system that they put in, and it is a point of sale where you don't need a cash register person. That's right. It just works like a champ. They come in with their system, they take a look at it, and if it fits their needs and fits your needs, boom, you've got full coverage. They'll run your business for you as far as no no cashiers. Don't have to worry about 401Ks, somebody calling in sick. It is just an amazing, amazing system. So do like the big boys do. Check them out. Call them at 800-540-2149, 800-540-2149. Hey, and if you're driving a Porsche or a a Mini Cooper or a BMW and you want to go quick or you're just looking for a dealer alternative, Black Forest Motorsports right up there on Engineer Road. Over 40 years experience. Give these guys a check out right there at blackforestautomotive.com. All right, well, this is Racer Radio. It's a little bit of a different show today. I don't know if anybody in the racing community has heard, but uh, our good, 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 good friend, uh, Ron Esau, passed away last week. And you know how Brittany and I are. We like to do tributes. Uh, mainly, it's for the family. We are going to have some folks call in today. And we have such a special guest in the house. Takes me forever to get this guy out of his motor home. But we got Tiger Tom McGrath in the house. How you doing, Budsky? I'm doing real good, Dave. Doing real good. Listen to that voice, folks. All you Cajon Speedway people, if you don't remember that guy, man. And, and I use you as an example Every time he I talk about, about you it now, all the time, I do. He talks about you all. I can't believe I'm sitting at the table with you. I know. Elbows. I know. Well, because what Tom would do, and he was, when it comes to announcing, nobody does it better. Scott does an awesome job, Delosi, because he yes, does the he same does. thing Tom does. He knows the drivers. He mm-hmm. knows their family. He gets to the racetrack hours, hours early. And spends most of your time in the pits, right? Absolutely. And that's how you met Ron. I met, I met him, yes, in the pits. Yeah. But I met him after I bought my stock car. Oh, and, oh and, that's right. You did uh, used to drive. Mm, yes, Dave. <laughs> I 
get that straight. It was an illustrious two-year career. Oh, wow. Whole two years? And I did win a race. That's right. (laughs) Well, in the parking lot, but he still won the race. (laughs) And we also have have David Esau in the house. His son, he's not going to really... Chime in unless he wants to. By the way, anytime ra- you want. Radio rule: put your finger in the air. That's in, ca- yeah, in case you <laughs> want to talk. And we're just going to sort of reminisce, you know, because there's a lot of folks out there that knew Ron. Uh, Tom's probably got more stories on Ron. We're hopefully we're going to get. We that. haven't got that time, you know. Uh, yeah, well, isn't isn't that the isn't that the truth? And uh, Ron was, uh, I, but I'm going to have to tell one cute story on Ron. Because I got to get this off my chest. <laughs> I know. But it. there was a gentleman that uh, had ALS, and I cannot think of his name. It's Jim. Wish I could think of the name. But anyway, we were doing a charity event for him because he had ALS and he was not feeling well. And uh, Dave Salas had donated a Dale Earnhardt Sr. driving suit. And everybody knows I'm a big Earnhardt fan. Oh, yeah. On the paperwork, it said, extra large so i thought well shoot i'm gonna get this maybe i'll wear it as a costume party or something so the paperwork is there and i didn't couldn't even see the driving suit so it was a silent auction so i put 50 ron comes over and puts 75 i looked at him i go okay so i put 100 he comes over and puts 125 i go hey i'm only doing radio i don't have a lot of money and he goes (laughs) <laughs> he walks away <laughs> so i watched that nobody else was going over there he got me up to a 225 dollars nice and then it turned out the driving suit was a small oh okay <laughs> but it's hanging in my front room right to the left of my big tv and every time i look at it david i have to tell you i think of your dad because he just thought that was the funniest thing. So every Halloween, Michelle has to put yeah. that suit on. I don't even think she <laughs> can get in it. That's the sad oh, thing about goodness. it is. But, yeah, no, it, it sits right in there. So from your memories, tell, tell us. I mean, if he helped you get into a race car, that had to be huge. Well, when you. Uh, Jimmy Watkins, ALS. Thank you very much, whoever that person was. <laughs> yes, that's, that's the right name. Yeah, that's the right name. But. No, when I bought the race car from Jim Bridges, uh-huh. who was at that time. What year was this, would you say? 1974. Okay. And I, I bought it from Jim, uh, Jim Bridges, who was at, t- at that time the president of the Stock Car Association, mm-hmm. Jim and Dot Bridges. And, uh, you know, you get this thing home in your garage and you, oh, yeah, you can, I, could, I could fire it up, you know, and <laughs> sit there and listen and brum, 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 and all that kind of stuff. Didn't you have the owner's manual? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> If you ask me if I read it, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I start asking questions from the guys. I'm going, where do I, you know, where do I go get a little basic 101 race car guy school uh, type yeah. of thing? And they gave me some names like Bill Shannon and yeah. Jim, uh, uh, and, and then, of course, the Esau name and family came up. And uh, so they go, well, George's shop is right over here on, you know, on, pioneer way just go over there and stop by the, and this is ron's dad ron's dad right. right and george and ron and larry you know all work there along with the rest of their crew and and the their race car shop was right there as well, well you of know? course uh and so i stopped by there one day and i'm going hey you know do you think you guys could give me a good a, a little help with this thing you know and they go we'd be more than happy to do so yeah and that was the thing is, and at Cajon in the Superstock days, in the early, in the late 60s, early 70s, 
it was a very tight lip group of competitors. Yeah. They didn't tell you nothing. They didn't <laughs> want to tell you nothing. Even if you wanted to pay for it. Yeah. But, you know, the Esau's, they wanted to help you. They yeah. wanted to make you better because it would make them better. Exactly. Right. Give them somebody competitive to race with eventually once you get down there. Yeah. You know, and so there were times when, at that time in the early, um, in the Superstock days, we didn't have the everyday practices that they had later on when Steve opened the track to rent it in the afternoon. Right. Uh, because of insurance reasons and what sure. have you. And so uh, Saturday was the only day you could go out and test, and mm-hmm. that was the same day we raced. Mm-hmm. Right. So they had the ambulance and everything out there. They, in the morning, it was open to the guys that maybe had a blown engine the, the, the week before mm-hmm. or had a serious crash or, you know, rookies like me that wanted to get some help and experience. Mm-hmm. And Ronnie was more than helpful in coming out there with me every Saturday morning, right. even though he had work on his own car to do. And he'd get in my car and go out and take over some laps and come back in and tell me, yeah, you need to do this, you need to do this, or wow. we need this kind of a spring here, we need that kind of a shock here. I mean, he was very, very – and for at that time, he was like 20 years old. He was a kid. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but he's it was so knowledgeable, and, and he, he learned that, that from his dad. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah. he so he learned that from his dad, and and, oh, and I have to say, David, every story, every person I talked to prior to doing this show, mm-hmm. all said the same thing. He would always do whatever he could to make you better on the track. Right. Because you know what I do. There's some guys out of Columbia. Anyway, wouldn't tell you anything. Oh, yeah. If they told you anything, it might not even be yeah, right. The opposite. <laughs> or they would they tell you the win. opposite. Yeah, 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 t- yeah. Run this spring. You know, yeah, put, yeah, yeah. put an 1,800-pound spring on the right yeah. front. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't need air in yeah. the left rear. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you really don't. Yeah. Well, and, and it really didn't make any difference what division it was either, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. No. Right? No. Not at all. I mean, he still, I think, you know, because and then his career, according to David, started in dirt. Yeah. You know, so are you happy now? That's fantastic news. Well, I know, because if I didn't think he started off in dirt, you'd be all upset. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. By the way, I, I got to figure out who this phone number is, because somebody by the name, you know somebody by the name of Debbie Clark? Yes, remember we do. Remember, yes, I, remember, I do. I remember Debbie, too. Kevin Clark was her, is her husband or was her husband. I don't know. Oh, be careful. Now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm getting That's uncharted territory. That's it. Don't territory. get us in trouble. But, All right. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back to Racial Radio, we got a whole lot more to talk about with uh, Ron Esau, uh, Tom McGrath, and Brittany. She's all happy. He's on dirt. AM, FM, or AM, FM, FM. See, I'm all messed wow. up. Racial Radio, <laughs> FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, welcome back. You are listening to Racer Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. This segment's brought to you by El Cajon Ford, where nobody, absolutely nobody treats you better than El Cajon Ford. New, used, makes no difference. Take a run out to uh, 1596 East Main Street in El Cajon. Yep, they got inventory because they treat you customers really well, and Ford appreciates that. They've got inventory coming your way. Go to ElCajonMotors.com. We got Dirt Dude on the line, but first we're going to talk to Jared Baxter. Jared, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Hope you guys are. Well, you know, it's kind of a sad day, but it's a good day because we're getting some great stories on Ron Esau. Kind of get what, what? What have you got to contribute? Well, 
back in the day, like Ron and I would argue all the time, who was going to be the next driver for the Wood Brothers car? Uh, we were both we were both way off base. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, so, so we just uh, we just raced a lot around San Diego and then uh, in the in Southern California, and, and then um, I had the opportunity to uh, get an investor that would uh, help me build cars on my own. Uh, so in 1986, it's the year they started the Southwest Tour, mm-hmm. and uh, my first car that was my design, the whole deal, uh, Ron got. So he took a chance on me, and then he ended up winning it all. I think he won, I don't know, he won four or five races and won the championship, and uh, and that really helped him, but it helped me, too, get my career started. Wow. So would you say... This, well, he was truly a true racer. I mean, he could get into a car, and he could really just by driving it tell you what to do, what to change to make it a better ride. Or was it all driver? No, no, he was he was pretty good at telling you what was going on. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of the drivers, you know, especially you know nowadays. Um, I don't know if you know what I do or not, but I've been crew chief in the forty three for Richard Petty for the last couple of years, and and uh, now I. Uh, now I'm doing the truck series, but a lot of the, the drivers will kind of make up things that they think is right or think is wrong, where Ron was pretty straight up, here's what's going on. Right. So, you know, that would just be easier for me, you know, for my job to make that thing turn better and, and go faster. So uh, that, that was pretty special. Now, were you uh, dirt, uh, dirt and asphalt, both? What, what would you mainly do with Ron? Uh, asphalt. Okay. All asphalt. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, and and who who are you crewing for uh, in the truck series? Uh, I just moved over to uh, David Gilliland, who's ah. in California. Yeah, um, and uh, the driver is Tanner Gray. Yeah, and uh, he's from New Mexico, and um, I'm really really looking forward to it. You know, uh, the Cup Series is quite the grind, as you <laughs> know. And um, so uh, I just looked at it like you know, 23 races compared to 38. Yeah, you know, it's just it's just it's my time to do that, you know. Yeah. Well, at least you're staying in in the race season. So, so when you did the Southwest Tour with Ron, and I should have known Southwest Tour is asphalt, not dirt. Like, I mean, you didn't correct me, you old man. Well, you were thinking about it. I, well, I wanted to let you run with it. Like they say, you don't want to pull the hook out of the guy's mouth too fast. You know, let him run with it, then set it. Snag you know? that rascal. <laughs> so, how long did he stay with you with the Southwest Tour? Well, you know, I was building uh, customer cars uh, uh, that whole time. I had a chassis shop, and Ernie Irvin worked with me, and Ivan Baldwin, and oh, yeah. we, uh, we built we built a lot. I uh, think built about three hundred and fifty cars in ten years. Uh, had quite a few, quite a few wins, obviously, but quite a few championships mm-hmm. with different people: Dan Press and Doug George and Toby Butler, and just on and on. A lot of them, but um, uh, Ron taking a chance on us to start with was pretty big for the company and uh, and we went on from there so by you making that statement it sounds to me like ron had been racing quite a bit before he got to you absolutely yeah okay. he, he, i don't know i don't know when he started i think he was like i'm, I'm gonna guess like around maybe 1973 uh-huh. or something like that uh-huh. and uh, and he was fortunate enough to be able to race at a lot of venues not just at home speedway right he went all around 
Warner show in Saugus and 605 and uh, Vegas. Just, you know, he was, he was fortunate. And then he went to Phoenix and, and did well there. And he did the West series and um, won a few races there. That was, that was pretty cool. And, and uh, you know, we all loved it because he was from San Diego. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and and that's, that's the same thing I've heard as well. I mean, pretty much, Hey Ron, you want to go race? He didn't really care what it was, where it was. He was there. Right, right. And he, and he did a really good job at, of uh, generating funds at the time, too, you know, because, you know, that's the biggest challenge mm-hmm. in stock car racing, no matter what. But he did a pretty good job. You know, he had uh, he had a lot of backing for McDonald's. Um, obviously, his father helped a lot. But um, he did a good job of promoting himself. So that was good. I My personal opinion from the and, – and, Tom, you correct me if I'm wrong – but I think if he would have had the backing, I think he would have definitely got into uh, NASCAR. Well, that we had that discussion many times. Did you? And a lot of racers that came through Cajon Speedway that were locals, they they mold that over themselves. Mm-hmm. But Ron, I don't, and David could also shed light on this as well. There's you got to be so driven yeah. to want to pick up your family and yeah. everything you own and move back to the East Coast because yeah. you got to. You know, yeah. you know, like Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, they oh, all yeah, they had yeah. to move back there, yeah. you know, and work right right close to the factory and right close to the shop right. where their cars and stuff yeah. were at. And Ron just didn't want to make that commitment. Exactly. Yeah. And and George, uh, I mean, he would have supported him, you sure. know, his dad. Another guy I keep I don't want to forget in all this when because when you were talking about setup of cars and mm-hmm. if he how knowledgeable he was one of the knowledgeable Esau's was uh, David's uncle Larry. Uncle Larry Larry was a wizard really and he helped Ronnie as much as anyone in terms of figuring out a track figuring out a car uh. George was more than gla- happy to pay the bills but if you <laughs> George, ask, George if you wrote ask George, the check yeah yeah if you ask George well how's the handling you know and he goes yeah, I, don't I don't know, know. <laughs> I think it goes left but I I'm haven't not got a- any brakes or you know whatever <laughs> go ahead Dave yes yeah, so Larry started driving first and it was yep. go-karts and then when Larry went moved on to the cars he got my dad into it Really? So that's kind of how it started. And Larry actually got George into it first. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. In fact, your dad ended up back in go-karts. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, there's three in the garage right now. Yeah. yeah. Three in the garage right yeah. now. That's right. That's why Well, I, see, George, you know, George uh, promised Larry. Larry was about to, ha- as a kid, was about to have a real serious operation. Mm. And uh, he told me, he says, well, you got to have this, son. And if you get through it all right, I'll buy you a go-kart. Whoa. And Larry did. They went up, went up to L.A., bought a go-kart with all the trimmings and fixings. Sure. And then the first time they took it out, they went to a track in San Marcos. For the love of me, I don't know where that one's at because it's you gone know, now. It's gone now. Yeah. But anyways, they get out to the track. George gets Larry in the car. He takes it out for a lap, maybe two at best, comes in. And George goes, I want to go. I want to I get in. I want to take some laps. So George gets in. And he starts running, and he's going around and around. And they're, you know, after a while, they're come on in, come on in, come on in. He keeps on driving. He ran the car, the cart out of gas, completely. And then he goes, "What's What's wrong wrong? with this thing? You know, I, you know, I can't get it to run anymore." He goes, "Well, it's empty." (laughs) But for both of them, that's where it kind of started. Wow! So it kind of just ran in the family. Really, it sounds like yeah. 
So, 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 Jared, uh, you probably have been staying close to his his career the whole time, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, once you once you start that, you can't go away from it, you know. And uh, you know, I've been living in North Carolina for quite a while since the nineties, and sure. uh, doesn't doesn't matter. You're still, you know, fond of your your people, you right. know, where you're from. So you know, I had to stay doing that for sure. Well, and they're and they're the and they're the ones that got you there, you know, sort of speak. And 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 that right, was right. kind of with when you became friends with Ron, it was for life, no matter where you were at. Uh, and he's worked. Uh, who's that? Oh, listening or on? Oh, okay. What's his last name? Yes, <laughs> my assistant over here is trying to make me crazy. Uh, How am I doing? Yeah. And and then, but there's I, I I can't even count. I don't know about you, Tom. How many drivers in town were touched by the Esau's? Uh-huh. I mean, a lot. Oh, a lot, a yeah. lot. And you then, would go Monday afternoons was the get together for bench racing at the Esau's. Yes, that's, what's, uh, that's what Mondays are for. And I would go there after I got to know everybody and and kind of felt comfortable with everybody. I'd stop by. On my way home, because I lived in Santee, so I, 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 at the time, yeah, and I, and I would stop by, and you know, you never know who you'd run into, right? Len Chenoweth, who wasn't a circle track racer, yeah, you know, noted for the dune buggies yeah, and yeah, off road yeah, racing, yeah, 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 he would always be there just to be in the corner, just listening He's to stories, stories, yeah, and then you know, McIntyre, Bartley, uh, you name it, they would be, they would come by and say hello and tell their, they'll tell their story and. Ronnie, of course, just lapped it up. He loved it. Oh yeah, you know, and Larry'd be over there in the corner just writing. Yeah, yeah. the only guy working. Yeah, right. Everybody else. Uh, by the way, we've got Dirt Dude on the line too, so we're not giving up on you, Dirt Dude. Uh, so just hang with us. And Bear, before we go, can we double check our caller's name? Is this Jerry or is it Jerry or Jared? It's Jerry. Okay. Where is that? I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna embarrass well, you. Well, that's okay. I'm, that's okay. I get called Bob Stahl all yeah, the time. So now, is this the, hey, is this the Jerry Baxter? That's the son of Bob Baxter. He, that's him. Okay. Well, that's by him. God, darn it, dude! If, if, if these out. guys hadn't have screwed up your name, I would have known you right away, <laughs> dude. Who's that board up in there? That rascal <laughs> yeah, boy. You're never getting another egg. That's all there is to it. We're we're all on the same page so, now. We're so now we we're just we're in the circle of brilliance. This is great. Yeah. You have an authentic, real guy there. You do. I was going to try and get your contact after the show, Tom, and call you. Because I think we probably haven't talked in 30 years, you know? Absolutely. Wow. I'd love to hear from yeah. you. Well, yeah. before you hang up, we're going to have you talk to my illustrious board op, and he'll get your contact info, and I'll share it Good. with Tom. And now that Tom has figured out how to find this place, <laughs> we will have him yeah. back on. Lasso you and in. I would love to talk to your new truck driver, seriously, because you know as well as I do, media is everything. And Absolutely. and your sponsors are always looking to see what have you done for me lately. So <laughs> right. we're going to have to take a break. If you want to stay on, if you have the time, we're going to take another break, come back. And if you want to chime in and, and tell more stories or uh, and what have you, we would love to have you on. All right. I'll hang out for a little bit. Thank <laughs> you. All right. Till the wife tells you to go do something. Then you can you know go. Yeah. 
We're going to take a quick break. This is Racer Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Folks, welcome back to Racer Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. This segment is brought to you by Paris Auto Speedway. Ooh, that's one fast half-mile dirt track. Uh, and you can always go to their website, parisautospeedway.com. Definitely take a look at their schedule. Because I'm telling you, Brittany can tell you, there's the, the racing up there. Good stuff. Especially, what's your favorite? Uh, Night of Destruction. Destruction. Mini stock, minor destruction. Her and her mother are going to do the double deckers where one's up on top steering and the other one's going to be on the bottom. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She says her mother wants to be, I think, on the top. I'm not 100% sure. (laughs) But hey, uh, we've also got Dirt Dude on the line. Dirt Dude, uh, welcome to the show. Hey, (laughs) I've been hanging out, listening. I don't want to hear nothing. You still got drawers to organize, so don't give me a static. So uh, 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 Brandon mentioned that maybe uh, down the road, uh, uh, Cajon, Barona will uh, uh, help out with a charity race for uh, Ron. I'm sure something's going to come up here soon down the road. Um, We we had lost our tow truck driver just at the beginning of the season, at the end of the season last year, so... I know our, our second race is going to be a memorial for him. Good. This coming up so soon, I, I was surprised. I mean, I don't think Ron had ever been to our track much. If he had, I haven't really got a chance to, to interface with him much. But I know every track, every every racer at our track had background with him, oh. you know, either from asphalt or from dirt yeah. or, you know, touching bases with, like, you know, their shop and stuff like that. So right. it, it affected a lot of people. So I'm sure we're going to try and do something. Right. Um, someone was actually asking me, since you've got Tom in studio, someone wanted to do a tribute night to Cajon at Barona sometime, so I want to invite Tom up sometime to announce with me. But he's so expensive. <laughs> he needs a limo. He needs M&Ms, just the blue ones, not any oh, other right colors. <laughs> And he Pepsi in a wheel oh. a wheelchair. Pepsi a, a wheelchair. No, not not oh, Pepsi. Pepsi. You're on your Pepsi. Oh, Pepsi. Anti acid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure Tom will be more than happy to do it because he sits in his backyard, calls the races, there, calls the races when he sees the mice running around the backyard. <laughs> no, that'd be well, great. I sent him a message. I'm sure we could work out something. Yeah. I'm sure if we. Um, once we find out what we're going to do, probably sometime a couple races in, we'll probably do something for Ron because, like I said, he had he had a lot of people oh, in the yeah. track that he knew, a lot of Cajon guys, and like I said, I, he probably came up there and watched people he that did. were racing still That's at Verona. That's where I met him. I met him at Oh, is Verona. that where you met him? Mm-hmm. Up there at... Uh... Danny Brent put me in contact with him, okay. and that's how we got him on last January. Well, and, and you, know, every, you know, ever since he passed away and I started putting the word, it's really been amazing. The common denominator is... He did so much for me in my racing, mm-hmm. and it's just ironic, you know, because, I mean, you mentioned it in the first part of the show, you know, a lot of racers don't want to share, you know, what they know because, you know, they may want you out there, but they don't want you to beat them. Exactly. He was just the opposite. Yeah. But I think his, I mean, I personally think his talent was right there. Jerry, what what do you think? Oh, for sure. For sure. And you know, he was he was blessed enough to have his dad to help him out, which yeah. is just fantastic. And then and then uh, everybody looked up to him because 
everything. He was winning all the time. Mm-hmm. Like that's what he did. Right. Win races. So everybody looked up to him, and uh, you know that's that's a big bonus, obviously. Yeah, and you know the other thing impressed me was the way he came to the track. I mean, his equipment was impeccable. I mean, clean, well. I don't know who did his designs or his paint scheme. Tom, you might know, but he always when he came to the show, kind of like Mister Oberman, because he was the same way. Their cars were pristine. Yeah, Oberman was. Was oh. the guy that set the tone the for gentleman pretty cars. Overman, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Right. I don't I don't I don't know who did the paint schemes on those cars, but they did a great job. But as far as the cars themselves, I think David Beat is mm. the one that like kind of headed up the show for him. Yeah. And they were nice. Very nice. God, I haven't heard David Beat's name in a long I time. I talked to David a couple of days ago did because you? we were talking about this whole thing, you know. Yeah. David was was uh Ronnie's crew chief. When he won the Southwest Tour. Gotcha. And the inaugural year, 1986. Uh-huh. Now, back up a little bit, you know. Ronnie started Superstocks in the early, early, uh, late 60s, early 70s. Mm-hmm. His car that was in Stock Car Racing Magazine, uh, pictured in the centerfold along with Ron Overman's, was a 62 Pontiac Tempest, or a yellow and blue. And I know because I made the body on it. That's right. You were Mr. Fiberglass. Absolutely. And my car was a 62 Pontiac Tempest. Did it go as fast? Not with me in it. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I'm sorry. It's well, been you a know, long time since you, I've seen you. You know, just to defend my honor here, all you our Saturday morning sessions, you know, Ronnie would come out and beat me by a second and a half. Yeah. You know? And then he'd say, well, try this, try this. <laughs> then we go back out. After about oh, nearly half a season of that, I started. I started catching him you really? know, to the point where we were about even. Yeah. And I then I looked at him after one session. I go, "Well, what's it going to take to go faster?" And he did the old rub the fingers together. <laughs> money, 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 dude. <laughs> you know, the next. In day, other words, your talent. Is, talent is, is carried me as far as, far as you're going <laughs> to. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jerry, you are the. Uh, yeah. Jerry, you're the the product of a of a guy that had a father helping him out too, the the driver of the blue caboose, Bob Baxter. Yeah, he was um, he was actually smarter than most of them because uh, when you guys are talking about the Monday Monday afternoons, you know, get-togethers at Esau Supply. Yeah, uh, my my dad was the one that was over there. Uh, gathering up all the stuff they thought was no good, yeah. and then he would go out. He would go out and outrun them half the time. And Ronnie and George would get so angry. They're like, "Jesus, we just gave him all this stuff, and now he's beat us." So, yeah, he's yeah, still probably like he's still probably sore for the forty dollars I charged him for a right front fender on his Nova. <laughs> yeah, he oh, probably. I guarantee it. Probably. I guarantee it. Hey, we got a yeah. we got a we got another caller in. No relation to me. But Mr. Mark Stahl. Oh my God! How you doing, Mark? <laughs> I'm good. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Keep yelling. Okay, okay. So you got a Ronnie? I, you got a Ronnie story? Well, I just wanted to talk about all the years at Cone Speedway that I competed against Ronnie, and um, you know we were we were good friends, but we were competitors. Um. But Ronnie was a good, honorable competitor to compete against. He never tried to wreck you. He would race with you cleanly, um, and that was always enjoyable to do. 
you know, somebody you didn't have to worry about them crashing you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know the whole racing world is going to meet, um, especially everybody from Southern California and the ones that got to compete against them. And I just uh, to tell you know his family and friends and everybody that it's it's a tough one for me and I'm sure everybody else yeah. and we're all thinking about him and putting our thoughts and prayers in for the family. Well, we're going to do a memorial, uh, David. You're saying somewhere in April. We haven't quite locked a date in yet. April 3rd oh, from okay. 1 to 5 at the Lakeside Rodeo Grounds. Okay, and the reason we're doing that date is because we didn't want it to be we during a race night. There's a lot of races race in the day before. Yeah, because <laughs> your dad would be really upset if you were cutting into a race night. <laughs> So, Mark, uh, we'll keep you abreast on that. I'm sure you're going to – and I'm going to do something on KUSI. I'm sure you have all your race cars. Maybe we'll get one of yours to come down. Or are you still got any of your dad's cars? Uh, no, but um, yeah. I, I have my, my Nora truck that you've seen a few times. I know we got to hang out at the, at the yeah, yeah. Awards one night at the, at the, Nora, the Nora Awards, but <laughs> – yeah. I might be able to bring that down then. Yeah, what that, you know, every kind, all kinds of race cars. Well, man, it's really stay in touch with us. Uh, don't hang up when you hang up because, and I'm going to have uh, my board op give you my cell number, or you can get me on Facebook because we would love okay. to have you come in as well and sit and do radio and talk about the good old time because, you know, as much as I hate losing Ronnie, this has really been a, so far, we're not even done yet. It's been an, an amazing show. Um, yeah, and I and I want to tell Jerry Baxter hi. I, I his he and his dad let me wreck his race car at Cajon Speedway let. one night because I think my car blew up. <laughs> so I drove Bob's car, and somehow I know the whole ass end of it got smashed. In. <laughs> hey Jerry, yeah, but, do you know do you know Mark Stahl? Oh yeah, Absolutely. we know each other from from Cajon Speedway and the East oh, yeah. Coast. We've we've hung out in from, in the garage right, at right. the NASCAR. Yeah. Races. Right. Hey, Jerry. Right. Good, good to hear from he you. Came back here for a while. Hey. Yep. Let me tell these two guys. Uh oh. The Baxters and the Stalls. Yeah. You know the Hatfield and McCoys. Uh oh. <laughs> that was it. No, okay. not the guys. The girls. Oh. Holly Stall and Barbara Baxter. Wait, they oh, raced we... on the Pony po- uh, Powder Puff Division. Really? The ladies right. only division uh-huh. when we had it. Uh huh. Those two women. Went after each other tooth and nail every time they hit the track. I, I saw it. Barbara Baxter wad up in the entire Baxter running organization in one <laughs> night trying to get that $50 championship trophy at the end of the year. <laughs> Bob was beside himself. <laughs> I bet you haven't heard that story in a while. Uh, <laughs> no, but I think they they were good competitors with each other too. I don't I don't think there was any animosity in between them. Oh I no, think, <laughs> I think they they just both wanted to win. Exactly, well, exactly. What's that old saying? The acorn doesn't fall yeah. too far from the tree, you know, type of a deal. But yeah, no, that's yeah. This is this is great. I mean, there's a lot. There's so many. Like I I keep saying it over and over. There's so many drivers that were touched by Ronnie. Yeah, you know, I wish I, I, we may even do this again. You know, just because there's going to be some, you know, because oh. uh, you're going to post this yeah. on Facebook because you know how to do it, and I don't have a clue. <laughs> and more people are going to want to say, "Ah, oh, we missed the show. We want to be part of it as well." Yeah, this, an hour isn't enough for this. Program. No, it, it, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely. And Becky McBride was going to be coming in today, and I was really hoping to see her. So I'm sure something's come up, or hopefully she's at least at least listening because I know she's got. 
But the stories are just endless. I mean, I, am I right, David? I mean, this thing could be a five-hour show. Easily. Yeah, easily. So, uh, so Jerry, uh, let's uh, – you got any more stories? Sure. We got a couple minutes before we take a break. Then I'm going to let you take off. Uh, you know, I don't have any that we can really put on. <laughs> okay, that's all I needed to hear. You're golden. We but... got lots of stories, but we're going to just keep them in the pocket. All right, <laughs> Jer- keep them in the pocket. yeah, keep them in the pocket. So, Jerry, I'm going to go ahead. Don't hang up. Uh, Brandon's going to get your phone number so we can stay in contact okay. with you because we, like I said, I'm more than happy to help your your new truck driver. Uh, I think you've got a star there, uh, and, I'll, and, and we will be more than happy to follow him through the series. He can call in periodically, win or lose, and talk about sponsorship and do whatever we can to help you uh, help you make a success out of that. Absolutely. All right, good go. deal. So, Mark, you still running Nora? Yes. Yep. We're we're just about got the truck all prepped, and uh, yeah. the race is what about two months away from yeah. now. Two months away, man. That'll be that'll be great. So you have a great time. All right, buddy. Hey, uh, again, I can get you on Facebook, or uh, Brandon will get your name and number, and we'll get you back okay. in, and we'll talk some more. You know uh, about your situation, your series, your truck, and I'd love to ha- have people hear about the history of that truck. Okay, sounds good. All right, buddy. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but Tom McGrath is not going anywhere. And neither is David right here on Racer Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. Folks, welcome back to Racer Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer segment brought to you by certified car clinic you want to go straight circles doesn't make any difference or just drive your everyday car certified car clinic can do it all he's even got an in-house dyno go to certified car clinic carcare.net so david was te- remember folks we always tell you radio is always better off air than on air so david <laughs> tell us this australia i wouldn't go to australia because it's what twenty-seven thousand hours of flying first flight i was eight years old uh went over to australia my dad was racing at the Thunderdome, finishes third, and I'm screaming in the stand, so excited. And then next to me is, I remember, Sterling Marlin's son, and he's crying because his dad got second or something. <laughs> <laughs> How did he end up in all... I mean, who made that phone call? I mean... I don't know. I don't remember. He was eight, David. He oh, he's eight remember. years old. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then, Tom, you were you had a just an eloquent statement off air, of course. Yeah. About the stock cars. Well, you know, Ron's career, as I said, we start. He started late sixties, early seventies, yeah. somewhere in there. But his career and his experience at at Cajon and other places, mm-hmm, of course, mm-hmm. literally transcended that in literally his entire life. Mm-hmm. You know, because he started in the the good old, as we say, the good old days of the Elkhorn Stock Car Racing Association. Right. Where these cars were literally hand built by everybody that raced them, they weren't just jig, jig built off of a, a chassis shop, you know, in Colorado right. or up in L.A. at Stock Car Products or something like that, or Speedway Engineering and Frank Denny, and so they were they were really custom works of art, you mm-hmm. know, and everybody had a different 
any idea of how to go oh, fast. Oh, sure, because there was no yeah. nothing some to work were, from. And some were, <laughs> yeah. you know. And we all know who they are. Yeah. We all know who you are out yeah. there. Well, guess what? <laughs> I think one of them is on the line. Uh-oh. Do you know the name uh, John Borneman? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> hey, John, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you, Dave? Hello, Tom. Hey, Big John. I always call you know. I always called him GQ because he was the first guy I ever seen that had their Levi's pressed. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm serious, dude. His wife made him do it. I don't care. <laughs> that guy was GQ. He'd come walking in to the pits, and I'd go, "Wow, look at this guy!" You missed his early Cajon Speedway days in the Superstocks. <laughs> oh, really? There was no creased no, Levi's. Oh no. <laughs> so. Gosh, John, talk about a name from the past. How you been? Well, I've been pretty good, uh, considering what happened last week. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it uh, really knocked me on my butt, it's like everybody else. Yeah. Who knew him, uh, just, uh, it was just a couple of weeks ago, he was out at a go-kart track up at... Uh, up at the Willow, I forget what they call the little go-kart track, with my grandkids and my son, they were practicing go-karts. And he called me after it was all done, and he says, John, I'm the only guy that can say that they raced with three generations of ornaments. Yeah. Oh, boy. I said, <laughs> yeah. they whip you pretty good, Ronnie? He said, yeah, they're pretty fast. <laughs> In fact, there's a picture of all of them up there racing it. It's my grandson, Byron Leadman. Ronnie was second, my granddaughter third, and Johnny bringing up the rear. But, <laughs> yeah, they, they had a good time. And yeah. Amazing how, how happy he was, you know. I mean, anyway, I just want to remember him like that. Yeah. So, it, was, it took me by surprise. So first thing I did, next morning I couldn't sleep, and I started thinking, i got to tell some stories about the good old days with Ronnie. And, I mean, back in the day when we raced, uh, speed, Speedway 605 up there. Oh. Um, I back in those days, they, we raced also Riverside in Ontario, right? Right. Well, they wouldn't let us. They wouldn't let us race a sportsman race, and everybody would just cherry pick Riverside in Ontario unless you actually race seven short track races on the short NASCAR short tracks. Uh-huh. So I had this. I had this nice. Bird that I got from Clem Proctor to, to race up there, and NASCAR goes, oh, no, no, you got to have those races. I go, oh, no. George says, I'll make you a deal. He says, I'm turning this 57 Chevy that I drive, drive over to Ronnie. I want, he's got to learn how to drive. Why don't you take him up there with you? You qualify the car. You run the heat race. Let Ronnie run the main event. He gets seat time. You get your races on. If you do that for me, I'll get you those seven races. Wow, and that's how that's how I actually met Ronnie first time he ever strapped in a in a car with with me there strapping him in and just a kid. And in fact, Doug Fleming put a picture on Facebook that just tore me up. It was mm. of that car at that track with George's. It was actually number five, and we put a number one in front of it, and made it fifteen. And mm. it was Ronnie, just a young kid with that bushy hair. And, <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> Curious, curious talk because you know what? From there, that guy went on to win everywhere he went. Yeah, I mean, you could name race talks, tracks all over the north. The north, uh, he won everywhere he went, and different cars. 
I mean, driving for different owners, he was just multi. Don't get me wrong. He had some bad ones, too. <laughs> oh, sure. They basically, we all do that. But basically, he, he won a lot of races. He was a talented son of a gun, especially at Riverside. Yeah, he, he loved Riverside. One of the most pictures I really loved that somebody put in there, it was Ronnie went a race at Riverside, one of his first ones, and had George in there holding the trophy. Mm. And George had a George had a smile from ear to <laughs> ear. I mean, you could, what a happy. Yeah. What well, happy just, just so you'll know, so you'll feel better about it, since this is my show, I can do whatever I want with it. <laughs> We're going to do this again. And we'll get some more airtime out of you because I know you got some unbelievable stories. And if we can find anybody else from the the good old days, I'm sure Tom knows just about most of them. We will do yeah. this again. We are uh, going to do a tribute April the third Sunday, April third, out at Lakeside Rodeo. Maybe we can get you to come out. We're going to do some All KUSI, right. and then don't hang up, hang up. And I'm going to get my board up to get your phone number so that we can be in touch with you and let you know when the next race uh race next uh show starts and, and keep you in the loop because you're definitely integral in this whole deal i tell you whatever you're doing for him i i thank you from the bottom of my heart because ronnie so yeah he, he he says it. And, and i only have one other question do you still crease and iron your levi's that never happened. Oh, it did too. Oh, I've seen it. Don't even start with me. If it. If it, if it was crazy, I, I, my wife says, you're the only guy I know that all you wear all your life is what, white tennis shoes, white t-shirt, Levi's, and boots. That's my that's my outfit. That's they right. had plaster on them. Ah. They had plaster on them. That's true. They did. All right, buddy. Hey, man, it was awesome talking to you. It really, really was. So don't hang up. Let my let Brendan get your uh, contact. Keep up the good work, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, remember that one time? I don't know if you were involved, but there was a championship at Cajon, and I got Tamborelli, Overman, I think it was Borneman, and we were going to all, and I was going to get them all on the radio at the same time. And you said, "Are you out of your mind? Oh yeah, <laughs> are you out of your?" And we did it. And and if you you what you didn't get amongst that group that would have been the. The igniter, the igniter would have been Ed Hale. <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I know, I, and I don't know. I think, but you know, that was back when I was dumb and doing radio. Well, David, I, I can't thank you from the bottom of my heart to be able to give this to you and your family. We'll get you a copy of this, and, and I guarantee you, we'll get some more drivers together. Some of the ones that weren't able to do this, we'll do another show. Uh, and all you ever have to do is ask me for whatever you want, radio, TV, to honor your dad uh, down the road. Tom, I, you know, this is a terrible way to get back together again, but yeah. it's so good seeing you. I mean, I just I just can't tell you. Because, I mean, as Brittany knows, I used to sub for him every once in a while. Once Dawn figured out that I could talk. I know you didn't want to because no, it was big she shoes figured to that fill. out. She called me every time. Hey, you want to come out and call? You want to come out and call the races? Well, yeah, but it, but is Tom going to take yeah. that? No, he doesn't know it yet, but can you come? Because, <laughs> but we, but I never, never, ever, 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 ever could come close to Tom McGrath. Ask him what he's doing with the mile markers when he travels with his wife. What are you doing with him? I'm announcing cars. <laughs> okay, mile marker 11. Mile marker, 
Oh, that's uh, smiling Ed Hale. <laughs> you Mile actually? Mar- yes. Yeah. Mile marker. Five. There you go. Five? John Mankey. Throw it out, David. 56. Yeah. 56. George Esau. Oh, my. Or God. Ronnie Esau. Or Ronnie Esau. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, I'm funny. telling you, what a great. You know, this is. I, I can't. You think. want sponsors too? Oh, you got sponsors <laughs> too? <laughs> yeah, I got sponsors too. Yeah, I know. That's I remember. Funny. I will tell one story out myself because, like I said, he knew everybody. He knew their birthdays. Oh. He knew everything. I one time he wasn't there, and I go, "Hey, if you don't paint your name really big on the roof, I'm not calling it." Because <laughs> I couldn't remember. All right, we got to go, folks. Don't touch that dial. Gun Sports Radio or Gun Owners Radio is right around the corner. Ronnie, God bless you. I know you're smiling. FM program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.